porch for like 60 days and got finally got a deal and then i was like what the fuck i made a thousand bucks and mm -hmm. like this sucks and i was like, just worked yeah. 60 days for a thousand bucks but oh, i've been stupid my god like, oh, no, i'm just gonna keep going and stubborn and kept pushing forward and luckily i did because uh everyone talks about three feet from gold and i literally was three feet from gold and hit 60 grand in the next one Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Building Great Sales Teams. I'm excited about this one because it's my boy Kai Logue. He lives here in San Antonio with me. And uh, he's the owner of We Buy Sad Houses. He's a wholesaling connoisseur and a real estate investor. And he just threw his first event, which was wildly successful. He sold it out. Kai, welcome to the show, brother. Man, thanks for having me, bro. I've been excited. I want to do this for a while. So yeah, for sure. Worked out. For sure. So you're just coming off of your first event. How did, how did that feel? Like it's done. It's over with. It it went really well. Like yeah, it feels good, man. It's like kind of a mixture of feelings. So it's yeah. uh, well, probably the basement. I just feel grateful as fuck. And just, mm -hmm. uh, everything worked out and clicked. And yeah, it was a big idea. And you know, I just jumped into it for some reason. Um, you know, it's something I've always wanted to do and you know, speak on stage and you know, just yeah, I don't know. I'm just, yeah, I just feel grateful, man. I'm just, I'm just I'm just very grateful how everything clicked and how everyone came together and like. I'm so grateful so many people came out and showed support mm -hmm. and like it just it's kind of it's humbling I don't know if humbling is the right word but it's like kind of humbling just like these people came came not, not just see me I was in other speakers but they just came from all over the the country and like yeah. they, they flew in and other speakers flew in and it just it's just wild man but now I'm great I'm already looking forward to the next one man and yeah it was, it was a lot of fun man I gotta say I've been to probably 30 plus events over the last two years and uh, this was one of the smoothest ones I had been to you know, every event you go to, they got audio issues. Mm -hmm. The setting isn't that great. The lighting isn't great, whatever the case is. But as soon as I heard you were going to have it at Jazz, Texas, I was like, oh, shit, I've been to that place a few times for dinner. And the environment, you know, it's like the whole, like, underground environment, too. So um, it's just a really cool setting. You know, it's like you're in a little speakeasy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Know? Yeah, definitely has that speakeasy vibe. And I love all the old gangster movies and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. the whole speakeasy vibe. And I'm like, yeah, I went there. I, mean, I was right up my alley, and I love the Pearl. The Pearl is one of my favorite areas in San Antonio. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, if I have it right there downtown, the Pearl, mm -hmm. it's perfect. The cost is right. Everything was right. Yeah. Yeah, just like how the venue, like, that was just, like literally everything, every every part of the, like, lining mm -hmm. up the event. It just, like, obviously there was hiccups in here and, like, thought things weren't going to work out, and they did. Yeah. Um, but it just, it all clicked. Like, you know, it was a perfect time, and I just knew, like, you know, I felt God and felt, like, you know, very blessed how, how it worked out. And, mm -hmm. you know, just, like, now, the energy was there for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, we went upstairs and, you know, uh, in the Pearl, there's this little section that's uh, covered or whatever, right next to the, the, the turf park that they have. And there's like three restaurants in there, mm -hmm. you know, and it was just cool. Like for every restaurant that was in there, there was someone with that ethnicity mm -hmm. of the restaurant present. And they were like, wow, this is like, this reminds me of home. This is good food or whatever. Yeah. One of them was a Jamaican restaurant. Mm -hmm. There was an Italian place with pizza and stuff like that. And then there was the uh, taco place. Too, yeah. Yeah. Which I had one of those. Uh. Did you go with the keto one? Yeah, the yeah, keto tacos. Dude, I wasn't ready for how messy it was, yeah, but it was messy. delicious. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit I was just yeah. stuffing my yeah, face in front of everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So um, walk me through a little bit. Um, you're married mm -hmm. to, to Bree, and you guys work together. 
you guys put on this event together. What What is that whole dynamic like? Because, you know, I've never really worked with my wife before. I mean, she was my HR director for like six months or something yeah. like that. But, you know, we, we were still very separate in our yeah. roles, right? And so what is that like every day working with your wife and then when you go home in the evening, you know, you're with her too? Yeah, so it's uh, it's great, man. I love that. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world, but it took us a long time to be able to get to how we work together now mm-hmm. because you know, I've been an entrepreneur for coming up on about a decade now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she I pushed her in entrepreneurship a few years after. So I think like six six or seven years she's been an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, we tried to work together shortly after I sold my first business, and we tried to work together, and it, I jumped into what she was doing. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just inserted myself kind of like a bull in a china shop. And, yeah. You know, I'm, we had completely different ideas for you know, what we wanted in the business. You know, I, I'm very competitive. I always want to be the best. I mean, I'm, I'm be the, we're going to be the biggest biggest marketing company. Um, so we're doing like social media, paid ads, like digital marketing and stuff. And she still has that business. She still has some clients. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so we just completely different directions. And you know, it just uh, it didn't work out at all. And I think we did it for maybe six months. And then we're like, oh, we can't do this. We're not going to work together. We're just butting heads. Yeah. And uh, so I said, all right, fuck, I'm going to start my own marketing company. So, because <laughs> so, uh, so that's gonna work out, yeah, right? Yeah. So I started. Yeah, I mean, I'll just do my own marketing company then, and I did. And I did. We did well. Like I, I was working with uh, for car dealers. So nice. And um, yeah, that's what I wanted. She wanted like actually like, like work with small businesses. I mean, I just want to make money. And, you know, where I know I know the car business. I got started in the car business, uh, so I can sell to these people. I know how to talk to them, and you know, I know how to help them. And they have I know they have ridiculous ads like ad budgets, and they don't know how to spend it, and they just mm-hmm. throw they just throw money like around. So but, yeah, perfect. So I'll go for that, but. But yeah, then um, fast forward, um, I think maybe about a year now we've been, yeah. we started working together again. It really took a lot of growing for me because um, it wasn't uh, just uh, just just with Bree. It was with you know, anyone that I worked with. I didn't. I wasn't a good leader. Um, I wasn't. I didn't really. You know, I didn't know leadership was a skill that could be developed. Right. Uh, I thought it was just something you, you had or you didn't. And, you know, I was always like, no, that's how we're gonna fucking do it. It's gonna go this way, or you know, we don't like it. There's a door, and. Yeah, just didn't. I didn't really know about core values or a lot of things you learn in Apex. Or I didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't really know the stuff that I know now. But um, last year I spent a lot of time you know, developing and growing as a leader. But um, so it's it's now it works a lot better. I mean, obviously we we're always there's always room to grow and get better. Uh, but one of the things that we do really well is is having our, our clear defined um, yeah, roles and you know so it's mm-hmm. not button heads and you know we we know our strengths and weaknesses. So I'm I'm definitely uh, more the visionary. Yeah, she's more the integrator. So you kind of see that bit of the event, the whole, I know, um, I appreciate you saying how it ran smoothly, but that was all thanks to her. That had nothing to yeah. do with me. Uh, <laughs> if, I, if I ran that, that would have been a mess. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it would have been way over time. I don't know how we ended up with extra time, but so yeah. we somehow did. And uh, But, yeah, I think it's, it's really just kind of knowing our roles and, and just playing, our, playing our, our part in the team. Hell, yeah, man. I mean, y'all, y'all crushed it yesterday. Everything went smooth. And, yeah. You know, like, didn't have a clicker or something like that. Breeze mm-hmm. on the laptop, changing the slides for us. You know what yeah. I mean? Adapted, pivoted, did what you had to do. Yeah, I, I think th- just having the right people, too, because, uh, yeah, Justin Nelson's people, they ran on and got a clicker. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, halfway through, and, yeah, we just, just um, I know she's just great at adapting and improvising on the fly, too, mm-hmm. and then we just having the right people around you, too, is just huge. Yeah. No, that that was awesome. And, and that was the thing, too. It's like, you know, the, the people that you did invite to speak, we've been to a lot of events. We've spoke at some events, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So we can appreciate what it takes to run them. Yeah. And then when things go wrong, instead of just complaining, it's like, okay, we'll work around that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We'll pivot here, whatever the case is. So, no, that's fantastic. So when we were having dinner last night, you know, like everybody was celebrating. We were having a good time. You had a few drinks in you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, like Ben Affleck comes out of nowhere 
and starts chopping it up with oh, me. Oh, yeah. Your, your accent came out full. I had not heard that yet. You yeah. know what I mean? So it was me and my wife were just cracking up. We're like, uh, wh- which car are we taking? Everybody's seen that scene in, uh, what movie is that? The thing at the bank robbing movie? Was it? Um, we're we're, we're going to hurt some people. I, I can't tell you what it is. And, he, and his brother's like, what, what car are we taking? You know oh, yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. It's um, the departed. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. the no, it was it was uh, the town. Oh, the town. The yeah, town. Yeah, yeah, there yeah, you yeah, go. Yeah, the bank robbers. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, man, is this Ben Affleck now or what? What's yeah, going on? So it's too funny. obviously, you're. Are you? Were you born and raised in Boston? Yeah, so I'm from a city called Lynn. So it's okay. like uh, it's called actually called uh, City of Sin. Um, but it's really? uh, yeah, kind of it's, um, yeah, it's got kind of bad reputation being a little rougher area, mm-hmm. um, right outside of Boston. But yeah, I lived there, but I, I bounced around a lot. So I primarily mostly lived there, but yeah, I think I went to like ten different schools. Wow! Like high school, so yeah, I was like constantly moving, and uh, mm-hmm. so I lived in like New Hampshire for a while too. But but yeah, I spent most of my time, and yeah, I was born and raised most of the time in Lynn. Northeast. So take us from there to wholesaling. You know what I mean? Obviously, you have the marketing companies in between, but what I guess what got you into entrepreneurship? What 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 took you down this path? Yeah. So I guess. Um, I guess like Adam was talking about yesterday, the accident entrepreneurs, I guess, I guess that was me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't really know much about entrepreneurship. Um, wasn't really big on social media and stuff when I first started. And I think, so I started when I was like 23 uh, working for myself. Mm-hmm. So I was working at, I did sales, always did sales. So um, yeah, I got into sales, love sales. It was like the first thing I was ever good at in life. And that, that changed like the trajectory of my life. Uh, because before that I was, you know, I always wanted to be successful. Mm-hmm. The only people I knew that were successful were like selling drugs. Um, so I thought that's what I, you, know, you had to do so I was like uh, so I was like selling coke selling cocaine and mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of the people I was working with got, got busted and I had the FBI knocking on my door uh, one day it was actually Bree's mom's house um, I was staying there and I had a bunch of stuff in the house I shouldn't have had wow and uh, that was kind of like a wake-up call I'm like what kind of asshole am I here am I staying at what a dick yeah all the stuff in the house <laughs> and I'm like fuck dude am I gotta figure something else out and then yeah, uh, yeah. my buddy brought me to a call center uh, he's like oh it's gonna call you know, call centers but it's a call center he's like oh you ever seen a uh, boiler room Hell yeah. yeah, it's like, it's like that. I'm like, oh, I'm like, that's a real job. I'm like, yeah, let's go. So, yeah, uh, yeah I did that. I got into sales and loved sales, and they got super burned out by sales. You sure that wasn't Jordan Bel- Belfort that recruited you? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of that scene where they're yeah, in the, yeah. It's all movie sure references check. today. <laughs> right. I'm thinking of that scene where they're in the diner. He's like, yeah, sell sure, me this sure. pen. Quit my job tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, it was, uh, so it was yeah, I loved sales, and uh, it was great. So, yeah, when it went on on sales. Then I got super burned out selling cars. Mm-hmm. Said like I don't I just want a salary job so quit quit sales went went one extreme to the other yeah yeah exactly I'm always I'm always been an extremist I was all in or, or yeah. all out and uh, it, yeah but uh, so left and then I'm like oh, I hate this deal I want to get back in sales very quickly <laughs> and I'm like I miss sales like immediately I'm like, yeah. shit sucks I'm like, I don't know how people just go to a job and like you know, make a set amount and just you know go home that's man. it I'm yeah like, fuck this sucks so I got applied for the sales job didn't get it I was super pissed and. Um, I just end up being a shitty employee. I'm like, fine, they're not gonna give me the job I want. Yeah, I'm like the only one with sales experience. They don't want to give it to me because I didn't play politics. Yeah, uh, I'm just gonna be a bad employee than like everybody else. And then they're like, oh no, that's not gonna fly. And they fired me, rightfully so, because I was a shitty employee. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I'm just like, no, I'm never gonna work for somewhere else again. I remember Bree's like, oh, you're crazy. Like, what are you talking about? I'm like, no, nope, I'm never gonna work another job. I'm just gonna figure out how to work for myself. Hell yeah. She's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I don't know. We don't know anyone that does this. Who didn't like weren't like really on social media at the time, or like didn't know of anybody else that like did it. Yeah, but, uh, entrepreneur. Being an entrepreneur wasn't trendy like it is yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, but, uh, but yeah, I'm just like, yeah, we're just going to figure it out. So, yeah, I just kind of jumped in from there and just had a bunch of you know, series of businesses that some failed. And, uh, what what was the first failed. 
uh, tried to do. So the first thing we did, so I was making a little money at the time there. So I kind of had the idea because we were like flipping stuff. Mm-hmm. So we were, uh, um, they're like Amiibos were big at a time. They're like a, a toy of like Nintendo. Okay. And you could buy them. There are only so many of them. And you could get, if you went to the store early and you bought them, you could like flip them and like make a couple hundred bucks off gotcha. each one. Okay. So I started to sell stuff on Amazon. Then we started to go to yard sales and we'd go to yard sales and buy old video games. So we do that on the weekend. So, we, so we you were out. executing like Gary V. Yeah, exactly. His yeah, whole yeah. deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. he was he wasn't on. Yo, I didn't know who Gary V. Yeah, was. He yeah, wasn't he time. wasn't on back then. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know who he was. Or he, yeah. he probably was doing his wine stuff or something. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't know. But I just yeah, I can just fell into it by accident. And um, but yeah, I'm like oh, this is great. I'm, like, I'm just going to do this full time now somehow. And, but we we're, were still making shit. a couple extra hundred bucks a week doing that. I'm like oh, I'm just going to flip stuff full time. And um, yeah, we did that and then. Like, oh, we're gonna be landscapers, so that was like the first like uh, real business. I'm like, oh, it's like a landscaping company, mm-hmm. um, and then yeah, I mean, yeah, then we did that, and then uh, but so we did landscaping, but we usually get a lot of uh, snow mm-hmm. in the in the winter in New England, so we're like, all right, so all this money we have, we're gonna go and we're gonna buy some like snow equipment, like uh, like snow blowers yeah. and like, shovels and everything, we bought all that, and it was like one of the only winters that like didn't snow. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck, dude. <laughs> So yeah, we just had all these fucking snowblowers sitting you around. Did, my you house. didn't do your weather research. No, I guess not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never really done research. I said I just jump into stuff and yeah. just figure it out. But, but yeah, that was the first one. Yeah, a bunch of them. Some did well, and like yeah, I sold one of my businesses. So we had one that did pretty well after that. Um, and then yeah, after then kind of just went into the marketing, the marketing mm-hmm. straight into to real estate. So tell me about your first year in wholesaling, because you know, especially in our circles, mm-hmm. and even before that, I had heard of this concept. Yeah. I didn't understand it, and everybody was saying that they did it, you know. And so it was like this uh, wholesaling used to be like crypto is now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Where everybody says they do it, they own their own business, but they work a full-time job. Right. right? So tell me about your first year in wholesaling. What was that like, kind of getting over that, like, beginner's hump? Yeah, so last year was my – so I've only been doing it for about a year and a half, so almost like two oh, years. Oh, shit, so I yes. wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, yeah, That's so crazy. Is, but yeah, so I've been like an entrepreneur for about almost like a decade, like eight, uh-huh. eight, eight years or so. But um, but yeah, so um, last year was probably my full first full year wholesaling. So, but yeah, first sixty days, um, I kind of mentioned a bit in my speech yesterday. But I just tried to like not take any preconceived notions, have a white belt mentality. And I'm just going to do what everyone else is doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to see what's working. And so I did that, and it was the stuff worked. I mean, it worked. We made uh, sixty grand our first sixty days, and like, oh, this is cool. I'm definitely going to keep doing this. But this is cool. Sixty grand in sixty days. Yeah, thousand dollars a day. Yeah, yeah. Everybody does that, yeah. right? <laughs> but it was those first sixty days. I wasn't making shit, so I'm just like, oh, like hopefully it's gonna work. And then we just in the first deal we did, we only made a grand. So mm-hmm. it was that next one we we hit. We did sixty. So, nice. so but yeah, but that was like a couple weeks later. Yeah. So, but no, I worked for like sixty days and got finally got a deal. And then I was like, what the fuck? I made a thousand bucks. And mm-hmm. like this sucks. And I was like, just worked yeah. sixty days for a thousand bucks. But oh, I've been stupid. My God, I'm, I'm just gonna keep going and stubborn and. I kept pushing forward and luckily I did because uh, everyone talks about three feet from gold and I literally was three feet from gold and hit 60 grand in the next one I'm like, oh, yeah cool. like I'm all in on this so it reminds me of the uh, I'm sure you've seen it, the axe pick meme mm-hmm. where you got two guys you know digging in the dirt and everything yeah yeah and and one of them keeps going and finds the diamonds the other one is like three feet from the diamonds yeah, you know yeah. what I mean mm-hmm. but he gives up and walks away you know the story about it for the uh uh, oh. I, think, I think it's in there, but yeah, they talk about it. Um, so one of the guys, he was basically, he borrowed money from all his families during like back in the day when they had the gold rush. Mm-hmm. So he borrows money from all his friends, his family, his neighbors. They go out, do the gold rush, and he starts mining. And they're mining, they hit gold. Um, so they hit a little bit of gold, and then uh, they got money. So they got more money from all their friends. They keep investing, and we, were, we got it. We got this golden vein, and then it dried up. 
Yeah. And they dried up, and they're like, what the fuck? And then they kept digging and digging, and there's nothing there. They didn't really do And then they stopped, and they're like, what the fuck? So the guy quit, left. He just basically left all his equipment there. It was discouraged, and they like, oh, owed everybody shit. a bunch of money. And then they sold it to, like, um, like a junker, I guess, some of the, like, the equipment they had. Yeah. And then the junker, um, he was smart. I guess he was, he was a little bit smarter than them. So he hired an expert. So he hired an expert to check out what happened with the vein. And so the guy came and he said, hey, you guys are literally three feet from gold. It's, uh, I guess it was called a false, false vein or something. Yeah. So it was, uh, yeah, it was literally three feet from gold. So that guy ended up, uh, the, the hired the expert, ended up killing it and making a bunch of money. Wow. But luckily that dude, he remembered that lesson, that three feet from gold the rest of his life. And he lived with that and he became an insurance salesman, became like one of the most successful insurance salesmen wow. of all time. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. I've heard the other story where it's it's the guy, you know, um, took over his dad's farm, expanded it, crushed it in, in, in farming, had a bunch of land, had a bunch of people working on it, this amazing business. And then he hears about about uh, that there's a gold rush in San Francisco or something like that. Yeah. And so he he decides to go after the gold like he's already a rich, wealthy man, you know, what I'm saying, but he wants more. So he goes. He decides to go after a goal and he sells his property mm-hmm. to uh, this this up and comer and the owner finances it to him and then he takes off and goes to find gold. It ends up being dead broke. Mm-hmm. The guy that bought his property ends up finding gold in the backyard. Oh yeah, I never heard that one. That's why. <laughs> so that's more of a like yeah, you know yeah. the grass is green is where you water object. it. Yeah, 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 exactly. And the shiny object syndrome too. So no, that's a that's a big deal in, in especially in our business. So. So you're you're into your first year and a half in, in, in wholesaling. And what's crazy about that is, you know, you meet people that are in for three years and they haven't made 60 grand. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And then here you are in for a year and a half, probably done well over that. And then also throwing your first event. Yeah. And it went really well, too. So what would you kind of attribute that to? Um, I think just some of the experiences and just I've learned over the years, just like mm-hmm. I said, it's, you know. It's not my first rodeo. A lot of people, like, they don't know how to do sales. They don't know how to do marketing. Mm-hmm. And the reason what attracted me to wholesaling was I didn't uh, know what wholesaling was uh, earlier, yeah. but I always wanted to get into real estate. Like, the first time I ever met a rich person, like, growing up, I didn't know any rich people. The first time I met someone that, that was, like, re- relatively wealthy, mm-hmm. um, like, owned, like, a nice house and had, like, a Porsche or something. But to me, yeah. I was like, wow, this dude must... I didn't know these people like really exist. But, uh, yeah, he said, I told me barely... I talked to him, and he said he barely graduated high school. Um, and that buddy made all his money in real estate. Like, mm-hmm. oh, cool. So it kind of was always in the back of my mind, like, okay, I want to find out about real estate. Mm-hmm. But I always thought you had to have um, a shitload of money. You had yeah. to have, like, perfect credit. Um, you had to have rich parents, and you had to have, like, you know, a bunch of experience and, like, know how to fix, like, everything and, like, be handy. Mm-hmm. And, like, I had none of those things. I'm, like, the least handy person you'll ever meet. Uh, but then I found out wholesaling. I was like, oh, sales and marketing. I'm like, oh, shit, that's all I've done my, my whole best. life. Yeah, 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 since I was 18. Even before that, but professionally and legally, uh, <laughs> uh, since I was 18, I've, I've yeah. always done sales and marketing. So, but yeah, I found out that's all it is. I'm like, cool. And just, yeah, went all in. No, that's awesome, man. And so, um, I know that uh, you've put together basically a process for that. First, you know, just so people understand all the way through to the CRM um, that we're going to talk about. Yeah. Can you just kind of loosely explain wholesaling? So a lot of people like to make it very complicated, uh, but really they usually do things they're selling a course or have something to sell you or right. there's a new way to wholesale. But really all it is is you're finding a deal on real estate, mm-hmm. you get, you're getting it under contract, and you're selling that contract to a buyer. Mm-hmm. And then there's more steps, there's more nuances to that, but really when you at a high level, that, that's all it is. So you just need to find a seller, get, get like a favorable deal, mm-hmm. and then sell that deal to an investor or a buyer, whoever wants to buy it. 
real estate, which is pretty much everyone. But and that, that's really it. So that's, that's kind of when you break wholesaling down, you look at mm-hmm. it that way. You know, then you think, hey, so I just have to do sales and marketing. I have to talk to sellers so I can get these deals. Then I have to do sales and marketing. I have to talk to buyers to sell that deal. Yeah. It's really that. It's really that easy. And so the buyers don't have to do the legwork. Right. So they're, you know, they're down to, it's not even a premium really, because if you get a good deal, mm. then there's margin in there for them to still make their money. You yeah, know what I mean? 100%. Yeah, love it. And so what inspired you to eventually develop your own CRM? Like, where was the disconnect that you felt like you had to do that? Yeah, so really, uh, for me, it was, you know, I jumped in, I've, again, being an entrepreneur, I've used pretty much over the years, I've been in sales so long, I've done... Uh, like so many different CRMs. I've done Salesforce, I've done Close, I've done um, PropStream, Podio. I'm sure there's a bunch of them I'm, I'm forgetting, uh, but a bunch of free ones and Pipedrive. And I've mm-hmm. been in a bunch of different organizations. I've tried all theirs and like literally like they're, they're cool. Most of them did the job and um, they, they were fine. And like I'd usually get them working how I need them to, but not, none of them ever had all the everything I wanted. Right. And on top of that, I also would, would have to pay for the CRM, but I'd also have to pay for a website builder. I've tried mm-hmm. a different website builders. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'd also have to pay usually for like a text messaging service. I can mass text people. And then I'd have to pay for like literally like every, like I was paying like, you know, a couple overcut, like a grand. Like I think I had like, it was like 1800 bucks. I think we were looking at yeah. how, how much we're paying every month, just on all these different services. And it took so long to go through each one. And it's so hard to train people on each one. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I finally found the one I'm using now, um, is go high level and our system is built off go high level mm-hmm. which i love how big marv explains it uh is basically go high level it's like wordpress yeah and you know it's if you don't know how to do wordpress you're, you're gonna have an ugly ass site it doesn't work but if you know how to use go high level you can build a pretty cool crm yeah so i built it i built built it for myself um so i found out how to use that and I'm like, what do i want so i built it for me and then everyone's like hey how are you getting deals i'm like oh, i'm just using my system mm-hmm. and then they go like, oh, cool and like i'd love to try it and like, oh, cool and if I'm, you can actually resell it so we ended up getting a few people to do it that way, just kind of organically, and uh, they're like, "Hey, might as well make this a business." And right. yeah, just I mean, I'm sure there's more people who want to try it too. So, okay, if anybody is interested in that wholesaling CRM, where can they go to find it? Yeah, it's a REI bot CRM. Dope. Yeah. Dope. So yesterday you talked about how to get leads, right? You yeah. can have, and again, Mark talked about that too. You can have a badass CRM, but if you don't aren't able to drive traffic there, then it really doesn't matter. So how are you driving traffic to your CRM? So I'm not really driving traffic. So we do a lot of cold outreach. Okay. Uh, so we pull a lot of lists. So we get um, my favorite place to pull this is right from the county. So you can actually get data right from the county. One of the mm-hmm. things we like the best is that uh, code violations list. Uh-huh. So these are people that they're in, get in trouble with the city or the county uh, because they're not taking care of their shit. They're not taking care of their house. So they're they could be over like overgrown weeds. Like it's super long. The house is vacant. Is a big yeah. reason. The house is like it's unsafe. Um, so really a lot of all these reasons, you know, um, we're looking for distressed sellers. So usually people that are willing to sell their house at a discount, yeah. um, or they have some sort of distress. Mm-hmm. And so they want, they don't want to fix up the property themselves. Uh, they don't have the time or the money to do it, or they just don't care. Um, so usually they're just a headache for them. And that's why they're usually willing to sell at a discount. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to find those people normally. And then we're solving a problem by them because they have this house that's a headache and yeah. the city hates it and everybody, the neighbors hate it because it brings the property values down. So right. we reach out to those, but yeah, we get those lists right from the county. Then we upload it to our CRM. Um, then we just do text, voicemail automations to go through the list. And then, and then yeah. yeah, as soon as they're like, yes, I do want to sell or, or maybe, then I just hop on a call and run through our script and our sales process. Nice. Very cool. Um, so I can imagine reaching out to these people and dealing with people that get into that kind of trouble. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
they're probably not the the most functioning humans, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And so, you know, I think about when I used to sell credit repair, mm-hmm. you know, and we had some lists uh, that we would call, and it was just like, these people were just angry, yeah, yeah, angry about life, you know what I'm saying? And so how do you deal with that kind of, like, mental wear and tear of having all these, like, awkward conversations initially and then and then transitioning them into a profitable conversation. Yeah, for me, it's really just trying to find the right person at the right time. I think mm-hmm. it's all this timing, because I could hit someone up and they're just having a bad day, and I hit them up a couple months later. And the cool thing automations is doing automatically, but yeah. you could hit them up a completely different time and they're having a better time. And then when I talk to someone, I do get someone on the phone like that that is angry. I just try to have empathy, um, which is something I struggle with. That I had to like you know, really work on being more empathetic, but mm-hmm. I, I just know I used to be that person. I used to be that angry person that was pissed off at the world. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to victim because all should happen to me and just be angry so i get it i get where they're coming from and yeah i always tell myself like someone's like yelling at me and saying like crazy shit on the phone like i was saying yesterday I'd, like when i first started making calls for wholesale and someone told me like oh i hope your whole family gets cancer especially your mom and you all die and i'm like oh wow. okay okay but i'm like what then I, you know, I take a step back i'm like what does this person have to be going through that like to say their that. life to like they have to yeah. take it out on a random call and some person they don't know and yeah you know what, what, what do they have going on inside that you know that makes them act that way mm-hmm no, that's got to be tough. So you've developed your own internal sales program, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the marketing end, you got covered. Mm-hmm. You said that you used a script, mm-hmm. right? You've got the CRM covered. So you're able to operate almost like a three-man sales team with one person because of the technology and then, of course, your uh, marketing systems. And so um, what, what else goes into that sales program? Is it a one-call close or is it a call appointment? And then, like, email contract, or how does all that work? Yeah, so it's usually it's, it's two-call close. So we do the first call. Um, usually it's a text or voicemail they respond to if they're interested. We call mm-hmm. them up. Uh, we do all the discovery questions, and we'll ask, you know, motivation, what, what's the condition of the house. Um, you know, we try to find out why they want to sell. Um, mm-hmm. And find really the, the biggest thing we're trying to find out is, you know, what, what's, what price they're looking for. Mm-hmm. So we know if we're in, you know, in the realm of possibility before wasting our time. Uh, then after that, what we're doing um, is, so I'll talk to them, I'll set the appointment, i make sure both decision makers are there, and I'll send it over in our system. Um, I'll notify Bree, because Bree does all the comps, so she'll run the numbers and uh, come up with an offer. Uh, then I'll call them back on the second call, and we'll close them, I'll electronically send a contract. And, How much time uh, is between those two calls? Um, so usually, ideally it's that same day. Um, nice. If we can, we try to do it as soon as possible, but sometimes it's the next day, uh, depending mm-hmm. if it's like later in the day, or but it's usually right. within the hope. I, yeah, usually either that same day or next day. Very cool. And then, uh, so you, you give them the offer, they say yes, and then mm-hmm. what does it look like after that? Yeah, so they say yes, we get it. We send them um, like a, just an e-sign. We use uh, Dropbox, I think Dropbox signed that was HelloSign, mm-hmm. but yeah, just any e-sign. But yeah, we send them the contract, they sign it, we send it to Title. Uh, title handles all the paperwork and crosses all the I's and uh, crosses the T's and dots the I's. Yeah. Said that backwards. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they handle all that stuff. And then yeah, that's pretty good. And then you find uh, then I find a buyer. Mm-hmm. Um, buyer sends earnest money to title. I get a buyer to sign a contract, and title pretty much handles everything. And I uh, so you follow up with title throughout, make sure they're good, and you can help right. them out where, uh, where where it's needed. And yeah, and then you just get money sent right from title, so you don't have to worry about anybody paying you. It's all all through the title company. Have you ever not found a buyer? Yeah. Yeah. So what happens then? So unfortunately, we got to let go. So yeah, we give ourselves an inspection period. Okay. Um, especially in smaller markets. Uh, and when we first started, it happened a couple of times too, is because we didn't do the math right. We didn't mm-hmm. do the numbers. And it's a mistake a lot of people make. And it sucks. You feel like an asshole because you, know, you made a promise to these wasted people. That and, person's yeah, time. Yeah, just wasted yeah. their time and got their hopes up. And, mm-hmm. you know, integrity is big for me. And I just hate being out of integrity. So yeah, it definitely sucks. And 
yeah, I really just make sure we're more conservative with our offers if we don't know the market um, and negotiate a bigger discount to, you know, think, hey, we, we might have messed up here. So you know, yeah. try to make sure there's some room in case we fucked up. But, yeah, it sucks to have to do that. And then you just hate, hate them leaving. And, yeah. Has has that caused you to prepare yourself or prepare your, your the seller more for that now? Or are you confident enough now that you have buyers available? Yeah, I'm confident enough now, uh, for sure. We just we try to um, isolate it more. We make sure we do more prep work in the beginning to avoid that from happening. Yeah. Um, but it'll still happen once in a while, unfortunately, especially if we enter a new market. Mm-hmm. There's always more variables. Uh, like, we have one in Arkansas right now. We're struggling to find a buyer with, but we're yeah. going to keep doing the work. I know the numbers make sense. Just find the right person. But it's uh, we try to, if we know we can, we try to let the buyer or uh, the seller know as soon as possible, too, mm-hmm. so we're not wasting any more time than we need to. So when it comes to wholesaling, what's the next step for you guys? What's going to be the evolution of your business? Yeah, I really just keep growing and hiring. So we're adding a couple more salespeople. Uh, we're hiring. We had one guy we hired, didn't work out, mm-hmm. kind of just ghosted us. But uh, then the next guy, um, he started, I'm excited about. Uh, he's starting at the beginning of March. Okay. And um, then we have another one we're going to add to. I interviewed another guy. I might give him a shot, too. Mm-hmm. And then we have VAs and stuff that help us, too. We'll probably add more VAs. So, yeah, really just uh, this year it's all about growth and scaling so I can – you know, just focus more on working on the business instead of being in the business all the time. Yeah. And, yeah, really just ideally, I want to have, like, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, wholesaling company in, in the country and have it fully automated so I can just speak and travel and hang out with my friends all the time. And, cool <laughs> shit. and that's the life, right? Yeah. The entrepreneur's dream. No, I love it. Um, when it comes to uh, hiring those guys, what's the opportunity that you're pitching to them, you know? So really it's, yeah, like, one, they get to learn wholesaling. So I'm going to mm-hmm. teach you everything I know about investing. You guys ever want to start your own thing? and cool with that and I'll support you I'll help you get started um, but I'll teach you you know step at a time so you can you know even if you know nothing you can be an appointment setter then I'll teach you how to close and then mm-hmm. we'll teach you how to do dispositions which is finding the buyers um, okay well yeah and all the other stuff that goes into it but one the, the biggest thing we're working with us is you get all the systems you get all the leads you know we pay mm-hmm. for all the leads all the systems and you know you have all the scripts everything else you need to be successful and you have our support too and then um, yeah, we, we pay a pretty good so we're paying like 30% commission split Nice. So they make on average, um, our average wholesale uh, fee is 20k, and um, so most people it's like 10k, five, 10k. But yeah, so we we try to do 20k for each deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even if it's 10k, uh, they're still making you know, three, three, grand. three grand a deal, yeah. or you know the normal one is six grand. So I love it. I love it. And then you can, as you start expanding, you can increase that if they're bringing in new yeah, people. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. You got a you, you got plenty of roadway for a great opportunity structure. Yeah, definitely. That's what too many entrepreneurs do. They, they start out paying their sales division too high, mm-hmm. and they kind of cap themselves at being able to expand unless they want to give them the bad news that they're cutting commissions. You right. Know? So that's always the tough part. Yeah, it makes sense. So uh, tell me about ODAT. Yeah. Uh, so ODAT, yeah, one day at a time. Um, so that's my podcast. It's my brand. It got tatted on me. Um, but, yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's just a way of life. It's, uh, you know, just live one day at a time. I believe if you focus on winning today, tomorrow's going to take care of itself. So it's actually a crazy story. It's like a you know, deep meaning for me is, you know, first, it's something my grandmother would always say to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have a lot of really close family relationships, but I've always had a close relationship with her. Um, but when I was a kid, um, I was 17 at the time. You know, I was homeless. And I, just, I, was, I was just really just tired of life. You know, I felt like my whole life I was being kicked and put down and just fucking never saw life getting any better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tried to kill myself. And it actually wasn't the first attempt, but, yeah, I tried to kill myself. Um, I grabbed the gun I had because you know, I was selling drugs, but yeah, I had to grab my gun and cocked it back, and the, the bullet got jammed. Um, it got jammed in the chamber, and it, it was fucking, it was real. Um, it, it, was, it, was, it was surreal. 
Uh, but it was stuck there. Get it and so you got like fucking butter knife. Trying to hit it, trying to get out of the kitchen. So I'm like trying to fish the bullet out because I couldn't get out of it. It probably took me like five minutes. I'm just getting more more pissed off. Yeah. And I finally get out of it and I take a deep breath and I go, and I just felt like a weird peaceful calm like come over me and just I felt like I don't know like calm and some something inside me I heard a voice say, hey, go for a walk. Mm-hmm. So I went for a walk for a bit and I was you know my intention to come back and try and do it again. And uh, some uh, same voice said, hey, you should call your grandmother. I'm real happy she answered that day. I don't remember much of our conversation that day. So I'm yeah. upset. She didn't know what was going on. She knew I was upset. Yeah. I, was just, I think I was just being kind of quiet on the call. And I hadn't talked to her in a while. And you know, she, I think she asked me how I'm going. I'm saying, hey, I'm, just, I'm real stressed out. I just, you know, I, don't, I don't know. I just, I don't know what to do. I'm just stressed out. Mm-hmm. And um, some to that effect. And I just remember saying, hey, you know, all you can do is take things one day at a time. And then, yeah, you know, I just, and for some reason, I know I've heard her say it before, but that day it really stuck with me. I said, hey, what if I just made it through today? What if I just focus? What if I just got today? What if I don't worry about tomorrow? I just fucking worry about finishing today. Mm-hmm. And then I had that mindset shift, and I did it. Like, I don't think I really did anything profound. I just didn't kill myself that day, but I made it to the end of that day, and then like yeah, I just did it to the I next day. I say that's pretty profound. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> most people do, or not most people, yeah. but a lot of people in that mindset or that have been pushed to that extreme. Yeah, they they, they flip the off switch. Yeah, it's fucking sad, man. Yeah, it's a big problem for sure. A hundred percent. Well, I'm glad you're here. Yeah, me too. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad you're able to spread that message yeah. and that story. That's awesome. You know, kind of rolling into that. You know, what is? I'm guessing these two things are tied together. But what does legacy mean to you, and what legacy do you want to leave behind? Yeah, for me, just making an impact on one person. Because I, uh, you know, I always like to like make as much impact as many people as I can. But I believe, you know, even if I just help one person, I'd be happy with that. You know, one person I change their life. One person I help them make it to another day or you know, mm-hmm. change their life and really just you know like you know, i think you know, i'm here to be an example you know, i'm 100 um, i have faith that you know i'm here and god put me here and i'm still here and i believe that voice now i didn't believe in god at the time but looking back i think that was god mm-hmm. uh, tell me to take that walk and make that call yeah but, um, and give me that feeling feeling of ease and it was the holy spirit but and i think if i just you know if i could help one person make an impact on one other person man i'd be happy but yeah i really just want to help as many people as i can just break out of negativity and poverty and yeah, i think that's a legacy i want to leave behind hell yeah and it's the only thing that's gonna gonna change the decline that this world is in right now yeah i feel like a lot of a lot of people are talking about this right now is you know the only chance that we have to save this world is entrepreneurs yeah i think time's now hell yeah all right brother i appreciate you coming on the podcast sharing that message with us and all the success you're having uh can't wait to see what you do this next year thanks brother appreciate you having me man all right let's get building Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. Be sure to execute on what you just heard and let's get building. As always, remember to subscribe and leave a review wherever you consume podcasts. You can also head on over to buildinggreatsalesteams.com and sign up for our newsletter to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the podcast. See you next time.